Welcome to the 8020 Podcast, where we believe in breaking down the science of health and fitness while keeping it 20% lighthearted and fun. I'm your host, Coach Haley, the founder of Unstressed Athletics, a personal trainer, paramedic, and firefighter. In this podcast, we explore the hard facts, the science-backed strategies, and the empirically proven methods that lead to success in health, fitness, and achieving your goals. We have open conversations with fitness and health professionals. We hope these new perspectives, opinions, and ideas give our listeners a fresh outlook, new motivation, and a 20% dose of entertainment. This is the 8020 Podcast. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 8020 podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have Jason Bigaman here. Um, he is a firefighter and a paramedic with Strathcona County Emergency Services, an instructor at Emergency Services Academy, or ESA. And now he is the co-founder of Emergency Relief and Recharge Wellness Retreat, which is a not-for-profit first responders wellness retreat that promotes a more proactive approach to mental health. How are you doing today, Jason? Wonderful. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, so how long have you worked in EMS for? Uh, I've been in EMS for 21 years now. So I started off kind of with some site work when I got my EMR. Um, and then very fortunately got into the regional municipality of Wood Buffalo when I got my EMT, which is now PCP. Provided a lot of education up there, did a few years there, and now I'm with Strathcona County. And yeah, I've been with integrated services basically since I got into the service into the industry. That's so awesome. Um, this emergency relief and recharge wellness retreat, is there an abbreviation for that at all, or is it just that yeah, big we, mouthful? We we got we're kind of going with ERR wellness retreat. Yeah, it's it's a long name, I know. Yeah, yeah. This is a fantastic idea. What kind of gave you that idea to start with? Like what, what triggered that? Is it the, the whole 21 year experience or was there a specific time that you were like, Hey, I, I really think this is something we need to have in our first responder toolkit. Well, in the past year, I've gone through a lot of changes, a big journey in my career about the past year, year and a half. Um, I was just diagnosed August 5th of 2022 with a mental health injury. Um, and that led actually, it was just right before I went in for a full knee replacement for a physical injury that I had through sports. So I've kind of in the past year, I've been battling both a physical kind of challenge and a mental challenge that uh, I didn't kind of foresee happening to myself. Um, and through that journey, I've seen a lot of gaps that I felt that I could just bring my experience forward and, and kind of share that with people. And, and I met a lot of great people and I just want to kind of connect them with the people that need that help. Yeah, I think everyone that's been a first responder for a while has faced different struggles, whether it's like the repetition of night shifts or or anything like that. Apart from that one specific injury, what kind of struggles have you faced? And maybe I'll pass it off to River as well. Yeah, for sure. So I can comment just quickly on, I mean, I haven't been in the industry nearly as long as Jay has. I've been in for about five or six years now. And I think that... Um, the proactive approach is something we need in the industry because you don't know it's going to hit you until it hits you. And I think that's something firefighters wear pretty heavy on them is that we you know we're too kind of strong or too kind of tough to, to have these mental injuries or whatever we want to call it. And uh, 
these calls that we go on seem to come up out of nowhere. And then it's almost like we neglect them for a while in the back of our head, not acknowledging them as being um, something that we may find as traumatic. And then, uh, you know, it kind of just starts to pile on each other. And after years and years of working in the same industry and kind of seeing similar things of stressful or maybe traumatic nature, they start to pile up and, and be um, something that we take home with us. So, yeah. And like, I'm a baby first responder compared to you two, but uh, I think definitely for me, it's the, more the repetition. Like I can, and I mean, I, from experience, I can't say for sure, but I can deal with a lot of like really crazy stuff and really sad stuff and really disgusting stuff. But I think for me, it's just the repetition of the night shifts and the same stuff that really, really gets to me. Uh, what about you, Jason? Well, I, I agree with everything both of you said, I think, and, and I think what's really important to bring to light is that everybody's experience is different when it comes to being a first responder or or whether it be in nursing or my sister's a nurse as well and um police services fire through my connections i've noticed that whether it be small repetition kind of the everyday um grind that we see or if it's these high acuity events it doesn't matter what it is it's undue stress that we don't that the normal population doesn't have to deal with Right. So, and it just chips away. It's no different than we talk about our physical fitness is that I feel that I've kind of let my mental fitness go by the wayside. Um, and this was just kind of an opportunity to kind of recenter myself and look at what that truly looks like. And yeah, the tr struggles that I faced, I've taken them on as a challenge is, you know, why is it that this is affecting me, whether it be on a physiological level or whatever else, whether it be mental health or physical um, it's just a new challenge and I, I let it be a moment of growth for me. And I take that on rather than taking that mind mindset or that framing of it being more of a struggle. Mm -hmm. I think there's been a little bit of like a stigma with that. And so I think it's really awesome that you're able to take it on in that way. I think that in the past, there's hasn't been a lot of outlets for people. And so it's come out in maybe really unhealthy ways in the past with like anger or drinking or just any of these signs and symptoms, you know, that can be a sign of mental trauma. And there wasn't that support that there is now. And even now it is still hard to get mental health support. And I think that's why there's such a need for this kind of retreat. But I think it is a lot better than it was in the past. Like I think in the past, it was just, you go to work. It doesn't really matter how you feel. You just show up and you're a seat, you're filling a seat, right? Yeah. One and thing so I want to Sorry, if I could, one thing I just want to touch on here is you mentioned briefly just about the um, kind of how the body reacts to it, right? And I think from my experience, it's almost like that sympathetic system that actually starts to bother me. And that's kind of my cue to something's actually wrong. I'll get the increased heart rate, maybe a little bit sweaty, a little bit jittery. And then I'm like, okay, the, the switch kind of flips this to being like, okay, something's going on here. I need to pay a little bit more attention to what's going on. And it's, uh, it's starting to become very real. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. And I was, I've experienced that myself. I was coming into work at moments where you're, you know, you can't stop that jitter and I haven't even had my first coffee, right? We, we see the, the effects on the sympathetic nervous system where it just increases all your levels and we have that initial kind of fight or flight response, but it's more the cortisol levels and all of us are kind of hypervigilant type A problem solvers. We're all there to create, you know, to help that customer. And that's what, why we got into this job is we want to help others and we forget to help ourselves when it comes to that self-care and to be aware of those changes that we're seeing. 
whether it be shortness of breath on certain calls where you're getting activated, a little bit of anxiety or stress, that's really negative rather than it being an excitement of then bringing your skills forward and being ready for that challenge. But we're expected in 30 seconds to have an answer to that challenge. And that's not normal life, right? So we need to be able to regulate those levels of cortisol, whether it be through a workout or different practices that are evidence-based, but we need things that are more maintenance and and long-term, kind of those reward um, neurotransmitters like dopamine or your oxytocin or serotonin. We need to start stimulating that growth and increasing our baseline dopamine so that we can see more growth as first responders when it comes to mental health. We'll be in better mindsets to be able to come up against these challenges. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Can you actually just describe this retreat to us? what it offers. I'm sure it definitely plays into what you were just talking about. Ah, So the idea was we've created a ton of connection through my journey. I've been able to meet a a lot of really good people. Like I said, August 5th of 2022, I went off. Um, WCB, my experience was very positive, but I was, I advocated for myself. I realized that I couldn't just I mean, I've been a firefighter. I've been a career firefighter paramedic. And I've kind of, that's been my life. I saw myself finishing in this career. And then I came across this big challenge. So I was able to come across Wayfound um, services and I had an occupational therapist through them. And she was able to connect me to a ton of people. And through those connections, we're now bringing it forward to the camp where they are all volunteering their time right now. There'd be a yoga instructor, uh, breathwork specialists, working on contrast therapy, things like the cold plunge that we see out there right now. There's a lot of benefit to it and a lot of evidence behind it. And it isn't just about sitting in cold water, screaming and saying, I did it for 15 minutes and coming out. There's a lot of science. And I mean, I've done the reading behind it. I'm very kind of, I love this, these subjects. I love how the body can change. Uh, I listened to Dr. David Linden, one of his podcasts. And he's done a lot of research. He's, he was diagnosed with a terminal uh, illness. And, and he's really, really leaned into that mind body bi-directional connection. And I believe in that. We believe in that. So we want to offer things like sound bowls, yoga, workouts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We want to bring in subject matter experts where there's evidence-based um, protocols to offer tools and techniques. This isn't, it's more of an education camp than a treatment camp is the idea. So we want people to have something like we were saying, preventative, proactive, or something that'll get us maybe out of a bad situation or feeling those bad feelings. Yeah, I think on the job, it's really important to have those tools. I know personally, like I've taken the BOSS program, like Behavioral Operational Stress Program through Wayfound. And I thought it was really enlightening when I was going through like, do you have behavioral stress or whatever? And I'm like, it's like, do you have this? I'm like, yeah. It's like, do you have this? I'm like, yeah. And I was like, do you have this? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this is great. <laughs> so I think oh, no. What's wrong with me? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you go through that. And I, I've taken the same course. I, I learned a lot. Um, I don't, I don't mean to jump in, but I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a program that if you open your mind up to it, it's one of those things where initially I'm 20 years ago, it was the, the mindset of bottle up your emotions and whatever else and be more stoic. We still need that, but at the same time, we need to be able to process what's going on and to talk. And, you know, through psychological services and counseling services, I can't say enough about them. I've, I've worked with Wayfound and with other psychologists that have been amazing for me. Um, and I really do believe that 
my mental health is directly connected to that physical health and vice versa. So if I'm not taking the time out for my counseling services and to be able to process these, these issues that are going on or those feelings you're having, it's no different than, you know, me missing every single workout and hoping to go do a 400 pound squat, you know, at the end of the month, it's not going to happen. Right. So oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Um, I know river has gone to see what you found and so have I too. Um, I think that it's great to normalize that a little bit. I think a lot of times people think like, Oh, if you're, you're doing this, you're kind of out there. But I think especially the subgroup that we work in, it's really nice to normalize that. Um, I don't know if either of you felt any kind of stigma within doing that. Where I work, it's totally promoted and we, we're partnered with Wayfound. So, uh, River? Yeah, I think there absolutely is a stigma, but it is starting to go away. And that's kind of the, the nice things that we are seeing in the industry and kind of changing. And even with people, or I'll just talk about calls in general or the industry changing, is they have what's called halo events now. So it's the high acuity, low occurrence calls. And that's like a red flag on any of our big calls, anything pediatric or, you know, anything that someone determined we shouldn't see on a daily basis is basically what it comes down to right um and those are triggered and they you know they have follow-ups and stuff um but for me it hasn't been those calls it's been the accumulation of all the smaller calls maybe that have added up to it so i'd like to see the shift in kind of addressing it as a whole like as you are jay and kind of taking a proactive approach to it now to touch on wayfound specifically um something i find that's super interesting that they're doing right now is use ketamine and i'm not sure if you guys are aware if this is an old practice but they're using ketamine as a dissociative part to be able to actually process some of the trauma that you're experiencing without having that, uh, basically all the heart rate kind of response for it. And uh, I find that super interesting. And actually what I find kind of coming full circle is they're actually hiring paramedics <laughs> to do the ketamine. To yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it's their ACPs are, are in with Wayfound and I was able to kind of connect with them. I haven't part, partook in uh, the ketamine therapy, but I've done a lot of research on it, a lot of reading. Um, there's a lot of really cool science that's coming out. Um, what, if you look in Australia with the MDMA therapy, as well as psilocybin, again, the very red, like regimented protocols. Um, and I think that's what, where our retreat, we noticed there was a gap. There's a lot of people out there that are talking about this, but there's not a lot of education around it or, or understanding. And even I don't understand the full concept of what it is or how to do it, but like things like setting the set and setting, having that person like the ACP to make sure we manage those vital signs and make sure that it's creating safety. And I think that hits every single point of what we're kind of talking about is creating safety around this topic, around what we're doing. Um, you know, making it purposeful. We have an intent behind why we would give somebody ketamine, a, a dissociative hallucinogenic, because it actually does promote um, increased neural pathways, uh, yeah. neuroplasticity. And there's a lot of evidence behind that. So we're recreating pathways of how to process something or how to feel good about something and to get through that event. And yeah, I think it's really cool. There's a lot of research still happening on it, and I don't know enough about it, but this is exactly why this retreat is here. And I hope to lean on some of my partnerships and kind of the stakeholders and subject matter experts that can bring us that, that information as it comes out. And we can talk about these strategies. Yeah, no, it is cool. All the research that's being done in there. I, I mean, I, I could do a whole podcast just straight up on ketamine and, and its effects in the brain and, and that kind of thing. Um, can you just give us a little more details on this retreat? Like, how long is it? What would be like a day in this retreat? Yeah, the idea is it's it's about reconnecting with nature. We're trying to bring in so many different aspects of 
of that mental health wellness of science-based evidence-based protocols so we want it to be where we're out out in nature in a comfortable cabin style setting we're hoping for so we have a couple people that we're looking at right now um, but we're looking at a weekend setting so friday saturday sunday it'll be a three-day two-night um and we'll start out kind of with a workout there's a a lot of evidence behind dropping those cortisol levels at the beginning of doing any kind of this work so that we're not activated throughout it and we can actually get the true benefits. Um, doing things like a fire hall dinner. I know that it's kind of cliche to say it's a fire hall dinner, but I've always, in my 21 years, that's some of my best times is eating supper around the table with my crew and connecting. It's no different than a family dinner. So we want to have moments like that where it's catered. Um, people have a lot of time to go back and to journal if they want or to recap on the date. And then the next day will be yoga, breath work. We'll have multiple sessions for different different wants and needs. Um, we'll have two different instructors at a time, a couple different sessions. We'll have lunch and then we'll be going into talking with people like Wayfound. So Saturday we'll have a, an info session with people, subject matter experts from our reintegration services throughout the area. And then hopefully getting into contrast therapy that night. So throughout this is about connecting with the community, making the friendships, and really talking among, amongst ourselves, but avoiding that, that trauma dumping or trauma sharing, for a lack of better terms, or, that we see around the table. Um, the camp is to create that safety, like I was saying. So the vision of what I have, when it all comes together, the hope is that this just continues to grow we can be mobile and we can take it to places out to possibly Canmore. We'd love to come down and, and to host something like <laughs> this down there where we can offer it to everybody because somebody like Wayfound, if we can do something along with them or any other service, anybody who wants to kind of jump on board with this, I mean, we can offer it province wide. And I think that's what's really special. It's not just for the one region. It can be for anywhere. And this can help anybody who's in this service. Yeah, I think I think the the coolest thing about it is just the community aspect. I think that there's a lot of people maybe that feel uncomfortable talking directly to their crew after a call and so being able to connect with other people that are in the industry about the exact same things that we're talking about right now, I think is a huge benefit to people. Uh what do you think about that river? Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, there's so many, so many types of calls that we can go on. And that's why we have protocols for specific calls. So we all have some relatability to those calls that we share with each other. But keeping in mind that they are so distinctively different either as to how we choose to interpret them and how we choose to process them. So I think there's a lot of relatability there. But then there's also um, getting feedback from our coworkers or colleagues um, as to kind of sharing their experiences and how they would process it. You mentioned that we would you would start out your day kind of with a workout. Um, one of the things that we're doing with our company, Unstress Athletics, is offering free programming to all first responders. Um, just because we've had such a hard time finding time to work out, you have your night shifts, you have like your circadian rhythms are all messed up. Everything basically goes against you reaching any of your fitness goals. Um, so we just see that as such an important part of your mental health and your longevity on the job. Do you have any tips or tricks or what do you see as the most important factor for longevity in this career? You've been doing it for 21 years, so you have a fair chunk of experience there. I appreciate that. Uh, I think, I think the biggest thing is that it, 
it needs to be a priority. Um, I've always made fitness a priority. I understand that I don't, it's, you know, I look at a lot of leadership talks and I do read a lot of leadership books and things like that. And when it comes to myself being in the fire service, do I want to be an asset or a liability? And I've, I've yeah. worked with a lot of people that different aspects of mental health or physical health. I mean, you do let those self-care things, whether it be your fitness, cardiovascular strength, whatever, you let that slide. Your diet can slide. It's just easy to go out and go skip the dishes. Um, you know, but it's people see it as a challenge just to make a good, healthy, balanced diet, right? Or to go do that half hour workout. So what I've found that as I've as my life has changed, my schedule has changed, but it's always remained as a priority and it's a habit of mine. Um yeah. like one thing my my nine year old, I've got two little girls at home and they they're very active in the lifestyle that we create. Um, they do cold plunges with us. They work out with us. Um, not with me too much. I'm a five 30 in the morning workout guy <laughs> because it's my time. Um, and I really kind of make that my time, but they said to me, I said, you know, practice makes perfect. And right away, my nine-year-old, she's like, no, 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 dad, nothing's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Right. And, and it really sat with me. She's right. She's, she's so right. It's like, and I don't know where I heard this, but but I thought about it for a while, but I said, well, you're right. Practice creates habits and habits are what create a lifestyle. And that's however you want it to look. So what's your perfect lifestyle? What do you want your future to look like? Do you want to be somebody that has good health, long life? And, you know, at the end of your, your lifespan, when we're 70, 80 years old, I can sit down and stand up on a chair, you know, with my full knee replacement. I can put my groceries on my top shelf. I can pick up those shopping bags and my back won't hurt, right? Or I won't be sad and alone and isolated and in a bad spot. I'll be more resilient mental health-wise as well because I'll have built these strategies and these habits into my life, which that's what the hope is, right? Yeah, no, I love that. We always talk about working backwards. Like we're, I'm like, you know, a lot of people don't think about when they're 80. What are, you, what are your goals when you're 80? Because you got to start working on that now. Um, for me, it's absolutely instrumental to have a partner that can work out with me so like obviously river knows what it's like to be an ems and works out with me all the time uh river what what kind of keeps you going with your mental and physical health or what do you think is a great factor for longevity in this profession yeah i find one of the most difficult things um aside from fitness and juggling that sort of aspect is actually the sleep side of it and i know we've touched on it quite a bit in the past but for me that's always a tough one to juggle um, and now we're kind of in an area where we can um, track our sleep a little bit better. Um, but I know that there was times uh, previous that I was, you know, neglecting my sleep to um, tremendous extents. And um, I was kind of doing more harm than good in a lot of ways. So during the heart of COVID or when all that was, um, there was additional trucks being put on. And I think just tying in mental health is everyone knew that working these trucks were overtime for one. So you're working additional hours. But they were also so busy that they had the term called murder medic because you were basically killing yourself to ride this truck. And that was the connotation. Everyone knew about it, um, but we kind of just had it as a joke, right? And there was a little bit of that, uh, you know, firefighter pride and, and taking one for the team sort of sense. Um, but I think there needs to be some thought into the career longevity. And what are those shifts doing to us when we're 80 years old or in terms of kind of uh, micro trauma or building up that trauma within our heads. Um, we're now doing all that trauma and experiencing all of it while we're sleep deprived. And I think that makes us a lot more susceptible to injury. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if either of you have come across this research, but there's a huge percentage of people like uh, that do commit suicide um, or that are thinking about it and that are very depressed, all overtired. Um, and so tying that in with our profession, I mean, sleep is an incredibly important factor that I think is extremely underrated still, even with all of the information that we have about sleep. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. I mean, there's there's those there's a lot about this. The sleep. I couldn't say enough about sleep cycle. I agree 100 percent. It's that, you know, you look into things like the, your REM cycles and whatever else and how it actually with the neurological waves you actually get pulsations through the CSF that helps with cleaning it. And that's through, uh, you know, Dr. Gina Poe talks about that. And if you read on Dr. Matthew Walker on why we sleep, you know, we start to, to look at these bad habits of our circadian rhythm. And then we start to, whether it's self-medicate or something like that. And we just throw ourselves into this horrible cycle. It's almost like a whirlpool downwards into never having a regular sleep cycle again and being able to self-regulate yourself. I, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I actually read a fact a little while ago. Um, I don't remember where I read it, but um, basically they said if you wake up at 3 a.m. every single night, you have a very high percent percentage of chance of being depressed. And I was like, well, I wake up at 3 a.m. every night after work and night shift. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I was I'd like, like to see the numbers the, on that. The culture, that just kind of ties in with my next question for you. So the culture of first responders can be drastically unhealthy. There's binge drinking, uh, missing workouts, poor nutrition, no sleep. Um, and I feel like sometimes we really proliferate those things. Like we, you know, instead of sleeping, go out for long change beers, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the camaraderie of that is really important. I think it's really important to go out with your crew and have a non-stressful time. But do you feel that the culture is shifting a little bit, uh, especially with like an interest and a need for this program? Um, and if so, like, how do you see it changing that's that's a really good question um i agree with what you're saying it was unhealthy before but really what was where was the support other than within your culture within your own cadre right um mm -hmm. and I, I remember those some of those people that i worked with ex-military some veterans and so on and so forth and they were taught those ways right and it's it's that was that connection but now that we have so many more tools and so much more research and, and science backing the the effects of mental health and how it can affect us, you know, long life into the 80s or even the day to day. I mean, I see the narrative changing for sure. I think that on the floor, we see a lot more people that are coming in that have a lot of energy and a lot more understanding and education because technology has changed. Information is out there. You just if you if you source it out and find the right stuff. You can get some really good information. You can learn quite a bit, right? But uh, yeah, I think that there's just, there's been a need for this for so long. And that's what, where we're seeing the shift. We're not just going out for beers anymore. We're, we're going out for coffees. We're, we're going to do cold plunges. Like we're doing contrast therapy together and, and going to breathwork sessions, which I think is really cool. And, and we don't need to lean into just going for the beer, even though, and we use that as an example, whereas that long change drink, I will always go out whether I'm having a water or as long as I'm responsible and I have that drink and I, you know, throw the keys away and we do all the right things. It's still a good thing as long as we're connecting with one another within reason, right? Do it responsibly. You know, we see the commercials. We just got to actually listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you can ask all the Strap Kona guys that were in my medic class. I would always get, I'd be the one that were the Diet Coke. So (laughs) (laughs) by the end of it, they were just ordering me a Diet Coke. I have nothing against having like a couple beers or, you know, whatever, whatever your drink is. Like I love old fashions too. Like I have nothing against that. I just think the binge drinking and like the staying up late and like all of those types of things, you know what, you have to really work that into your routine. Uh, River, do you see any shift in culture? Yeah, totally. And I know you and I have talked about this a lot throughout kind of our career so far and the trends that we've seen sort of shifting. But uh, when we both initially started, it was every long change, we were going out for beers and it was um, almost closing the pubs down um, at night or whatever. And then it got to the point where you saw a shift as being after a traumatic call, um, it would come from the captain or a lieutenant just being like, hey, guys, let's just go for a quick beer after this and let's digest it. And I think that's a healthy environment to digest it, but I think it's an unhealthy environment when you're using the alcohol as a crutch to help kind of process and actually digest your emotions and feelings with what happened there. So I like that uh, our approach has changed and we're on the side of almost running and we would like to go for runs with people um, after work or so on and so forth. And Jay, I think that ties into what you were saying earlier about the retreat. And after you have that physical activity, you're able to process the trauma a little bit better. So, I mean, even moving forward, I like to see that more of a shift as being get that fitness aspect in and camaraderie of joining together. It's a great time to talk and hang out. Um, but if it also has the benefits of letting us process that trauma, I think there's going to be that added benefit, like you said. So, Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we know the effects of alcohol on the brain and how negative it can be. And that long term, we always, I mean, you take the path that's, that's worn, right? That's easy. You always take that easy path. And if, if the easy path is going for the drink, you're going to continue to go that way. And like you said, it's, it can create an unhealthy habit. So one thing that I've been trying to get back is we, you know, you brought up through the pandemic, we worked through something that was pretty big. It was a huge event and we went through a lot of, a lot with it just trying to get group workouts back and that connection at the fire hall is to be able to do those types of things in the bays connecting our tailboard meetings you know those connection pieces rather than leaning on that long change beer the long change beer should be like a, a reward at the end is the way i look at it rather than a way of coping with what what our our problems are or what we've dealt with right we need to come together in better settings more healthy settings to truly process these events and, and yeah, to better our mental health overall. Yeah. I like what you said about getting the workout, the group workouts back. Cause I think a lot of fire halls that kind of fell by the wayside over COVID. And so it would be really nice if, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you are a first responder, like get out there, I guarantee your crew probably does want to do a group workout and nobody knows how to bring it up or nobody knows how to talk about it. I think that's a, a fantastic thing that people can do. Um, my last question for you is, do you have any advice for those just starting out in this profession? Such a hard question to answer. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just a, you know, there's that piece of humility in me. And I think that's what I'm going to lean on for my question. But um, I guess know, like if you were going to start out, like if you whole 21 years of experience is gone, you're starting out as a rookie. What would you tell yourself? Two things that I that I can think of right now is number one, take time for yourself. So whether it be for that physical fitness, to make that healthy meal, to do breath work, try these things. It takes practice. It's no different than working out. I don't I'm not a runner, especially with a new knee, but I'm running again and I gotta get back into that. It is difficult. Same with meditation, but take the time for yourself. Um I really noticed that 
through my journey, through this post-traumatic growth I've had is that not only am I worth that time, the big one that I got out of it was my family's worth it. And my, my wife and my two kids, they deserve me at my best. And when I come home, I can't be coming home here. I have to come home ready to be a dad. I can't be that firefighter, that hypervigilant. So that's one piece of advice. And last thing is everybody here, and we, we've even touched on it today, is everyone has experience. Bring it. Like It's, ex it's experience that's valuable. Um, I think it's really special, but always remain humble and know that we have to learn and continue to educate yourself. I've learned that the past year is that the amount of learning I've done from my cohorts, from my cadre, my peers, my friends, my family, everybody, it's, uh, I've been open to that and it's, it's created a new kind of mindset for me and I've been able to shift my narrative and I'm trying to help people out there that are dealing with the same things I am. So that's what I would tell them, kind of be humble, learn from everybody, good, bad, and indifferent. Yeah. I love the humility piece. Um, we were actually talking at work the other day. I think everyone, when they first get started, goes through a phase where you do a couple calls and you kind of get the hang of it and you're like, okay, I know everything. And then maybe like the next week you, you're like, okay, I, I know nothing. <laughs> you know, like you, yeah. you reach that point where there's so much to learn out there and the continuing education piece I love too. Um, same with showing up for your family. Uh, you're not helping anyone if you're showing up grumpy or tired or malnourished or, or all of those things. It's really important for you to take that time for yourself. Uh, River, do you have any advice for somebody starting out in the profession? Yeah, if the question's targeted at a new recruit or someone that's starting out, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made was trying to integrate with the department and the guys too quickly. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that there was so much overtime out there that I wasn't taking into account my mental health or the bandwidth that I had, and I was taking every opportunity that possibly came up. So there was times that I would get home and I'd just sit down for dinner and i just work for four days on. And, you know, my phone would go off and I go immediately into the hall. And that was my nature. And I just want it to be known and be aware that that is part of the culture. And it is part of how you feel is you want to be a part of the guys as much as possible. Um, but just making sure that you have that bandwidth and you have the ability to make sure that you are taking care of your fitness, you're taking care of your sleep, and you're not putting your health at jeopardy in order to do so. So I think that would be kind of if I could do it over again, that would be one of the biggest things that I would be a little bit more cautious of. Yeah, I think a lot of people that get started in this industry and get hired are susceptible to that uh, because that's the type of people that we are, right? Like if, if somebody is calling and needs help, we want to go help them as much as possible. But sometimes if you're showing up tired or you're pulled away from your family, it's maybe not the best thing to do all the time. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think that uh, one of the best kind of quotes or one of the best ways to think of it is uh, your fire career, your EMS career is a marathon. And if you treat it like a sprint, you're going to burn out and you're going to get hurt. Yeah, I quote that one. That one's from uh, my captain from St. Albert. And I quote that one all the time. I couldn't say it this better myself. It's I couldn't agree with you better, River, is that it is very much a marathon. It's take your time with it, but be aware of yourself. Be aware of that self-care aspect, right? Take the time that you need off, right? That's why we have shifts. That's awesome. So um, just in closing here, Jason, can you provide any places that people can contact you about this retreat? Do you have like an Instagram page or a email or something like that? Yeah, we do. Yeah, our email is errwellness at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram right now at errwellness. Um, that's our Instagram page. We're just building it right now. 
Um, we have a website that's going to be up and running right away. And yeah, we're, we're excited to get this going. We're hoping for spring, mid-spring this year to have our first camp. So we're excited. Hopefully we can touch base and hopefully I can see you guys out to one here in the next couple months. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we're, we're always game for a group workout, so uh, <laughs> we'll be in for that. Um, and then for the, just for the listeners, can they just email you then if they are interested in this or DM you, I guess, slide into your DMs? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Please. Yeah. Email. Um, if you email, then give me a couple days to respond. I mean, I'm still working at Wistrath Kona, but absolutely email me, DM us. Uh, my wife and I run the Instagram page as well as the email. So We'd love to hear from you guys. And if you have more interest, we'd love to hear from you and to start create a list of people that are interested in coming and, and being a part of this camp and kind of connecting with the people that we've connected with. So I'm, I'm so glad that you're doing this. Um, I hope that your first camp that you throw is an absolute success with tons of people. I'm sure that there will be just because, you know, there's such a need for it. But on that note, I'm going to uh, sign off here. Do you have anything in closing to say, River? No, that's it for me. I'll, uh, I'll be there at the event, though. <laughs> awesome. <Wait>. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Thank you so much. You guys have a great one. And that wraps up another episode of the 8020 Podcast. A huge thank you to our incredible guests who bring the expertise and insights to the table every time. They're the real MVPs of the 8020 Podcast. If you loved what you heard today, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And hey, if you have any burning questions or topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out. Remember, health and fitness are journeys, not destinations. So whether you're hitting the gym, going for a run, or just taking a moment to stretch, keep that 80-20 balance in mind. As we sign off, stay fit, stay focused, and keep that smile on your face. This is Coach Haley signing out from the 80-20 Podcast. Until next time.